Hey there, did you know To Ellen Back is a part of Autostraddle.com? Yes, I sure did. Autostraddle is the most popular website for LGBTQ women and non-binary people. Part of what allows Autostraddle to run is the A-plus membership, which is more than a membership. It's a community of friends that make Autostraddle possible. I know some of you who are listening are already supporting us, and for that, we are so grateful. I also know from our Best and Worst Moments survey that 78% of you are not A-plus members, and I would love if you could join. A-plus members care so deeply about building queer community that they put their fucking money on the table and make it possible for Autostraddle to exist. You know, it's kind of like other podcasts will be like, hey, support us on Patreon and you get stuff. Mm -hmm. And this is like our version of that. But it's not just for this podcast. It's for autoshuttle.com as a whole. It is life affirming, important, very needed. It's like the planet, but inclusive, representative of our community and on the Internet. And unlike the one million dollar pair blunt to tart, A plus starts at just a dollar a week. And I hope that you will join A plus if you haven't already, because your support can help make sure that the writers and creators at Autostraddle can keep doing their amazing work which is more important now than ever. Yes. So just go to autoshuttle.com to become an A-plus member right now. Just do it right now. You can just do it right now. Do it later, but don't forget. You'll get a monthly newsletter, which sometimes contains really funny conversations we had about this podcast. So, and it's all on the website. So you can go read all of the past newsletters too, once you join A-plus, which you're going to do right now. Hit pause, sign up right now. Make sure we can keep doing our best queer gay work. So just go to autoshuttle.com, join A+, then come back and listen to this episode. Thank you so much. Yes. We love you. Goodbye. I mean, don't, not goodbye. I mean, the episode is, if this is at the beginning of the episode, then it's about to start. And if it's in the middle, then you've got half left. So don't, don't leave for real. Yeah. Listen to the whole episode. Yeah. Listen to the whole, I mean, I don't, I feel like it gets pretty funny at the end. Laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we live, it's the way that we live. Hi! I'm Reese. And I'm Carly. <laughs> and this is To Ellen Back. <laughs> I think that time I said it so long and weirdly that we ended up sinking. Well, great. We'll find out soon enough. Um, hi, Reese. <laughs> Can't wait to find out. Hi, Carly. Uh, this, once again, we are still uh, in our respective in our homes, homes recording remotely. Uh, this is to Ellen Back, which is an autostraddle podcast wherein we are recapping every single episode of The L Word. One at a time. One at a time. Welcome. Like a single serving snack. Exactly. You know, like you don't want to like, this is not something you want to binge. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. you want to like take no. it kind of slow. It's, it it's can be you overwhelming. Take your time. You really want to yeah. take your time with this. Um, you do. I mean, at least I do. <laughs> 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 I mean, watching the show, not not listening to our podcast. Yeah. I do listen to this right. podcast. I would, I, yeah, I listen, this is my favorite podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have to listen to it so I remember. I don't remember like what I say when we record. Yeah. I just like we right. do the recording yeah, and then like I completely have no memory of it. And so then I have to listen to the episode after once it airs so I can know what we actually said last week. And then I will have a frame of reference for the next episode. <laughs> yeah. I listen to it because I really enjoy it. I, I also, because I really enjoy it. I think uh, <laughs> I, it makes me, it just makes me laugh. 
We're so stupid. But, I love it. Yeah. But also, I, have we talked about this before? Like how we both noted that like when we're listening to it, we think about, oh, that's the joke I should tell next. And oh, then, yes. Yes. We have talked about this. Like I'll listen to it and I'll, I'll and hear myself the say in the. Yes. And I'll hear I'll like hear myself saying something and I'll be like the next I'm like in my head, I like think of what I should say next. And then I do. And yeah. <laughs> I'm just like the most predictable person. Yeah, we can predict ourselves. Yeah. We're basically an AI just, of ourselves. Yeah, we are. It's like we should play poker. World. It's like Westworld World if the four, robots were yourself. just podcasting about. <laughs> episode 406, yeah. Luck Be a Lady. Uh, this episode was written and directed by Angela Robinson, the goat. Um, she's just an amazing filmmaker. We love her. Um, this originally aired February 11th, 2007, and features a really fantastic 11-minute flawlessly executed sequence that we're going to get to very quickly. Yeah. In fact, we were so excited about it that we made one of our own in 2008. We, we absolutely did. You can find that on YouTube.com. Okay. Should we get into it? Let's get into it. So we open in a room. We open in a room. What? With, with like an iconic line of dialogue. You're looking very Shane today. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> Shane's big underwear campaign has gone regional, national, probably international. It is and big. She's looking it, at it. It's a very large photograph of Shane. <laughs> yes. And the agents or the whatever the people, the, the Hugo Boss people, people in power, I guess. The yeah. Hugo Boss people, they are, they love it. They're so excited. And Shane is so unexcited. Shane is horrified. I feel like that, that image of her kind of like looking up at it with uh -huh. like her hand over her mouth is like a very iconic like screen grab from the show. Yes. It was weird to see them move in that picture. Cause I know, I feel like I'm in stasis. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and we get some exciting exposition from someone other than our primary <laughs> cast this week. Yeah. Um, did you hear? Did you hear? Hugo Boss is sponsoring the Roll the Dice premiere tomorrow night. It's the biggest party of the year, and you're our newest it girl. Don't you just want to die? <laughs> yes, Shane does want to like, die. Yes, please. <laughs> Shane's like, one death, please, terrible. immediately. So yeah, that's that's the big event we're leading up to this week. Um, yeah. But this one's special because it's an actual big event. It's not just like the cast hanging out. Right. It's like an actual like Hollywood premiere. Yeah, roll is Roll the Dice, which is the sequel to Eat the Dice, which was about a baby who ate dice and had to go to the hospital. The first film in that series was so tragic. And then the it was. and then Roll the Dice was so much lighter. It was. It yeah. really took what we loved about the first one mm -hmm. and then made it better. Because what we loved about and the first one was dice. Yeah, we did. That's exactly. Everyone was like, the dice look great. I would eat those too if I were a baby. Exactly. You know? Everyone could it was relatable. Yeah. And now this one is just like so much better, obviously. It's really the Ocean's Eleven of, <laughs> of movies Absolutely. about babies and dice. And I, what I love sure that is. they did in the second one in Roll the Dice is that they got um, the cake boss to make a cake that was gigantic dice. And so then like people yeah. were eating it, but it was fine and no one was hospitalized. Right. I love a theme. Like I love a themed cake. Love a also. themed cake. I've been you watching know, a lot of uh, a lot of cake nailed boss. it recently. No, not cake boss, nailed it. So I love watching people mess up a themed cake as well. Huh. It's relatable, you know. I couldn't do those. Alrighty, then we go to the theme song. Now, my quick scan of the opening title showed to me that we are 
at we reached our break our like final form last week and so there's mm-hmm. no changes to cover this week no changes everybody is we're all represented here. every mm-hmm. all 400 cast members are here <laughs> yes season four cast sprawl is fully represented it's very crowded and it's great yeah okay so the first scene out of the opening credits is maybe one of my favorite things the show has ever done and i have to say probably Absolutely. one of the most flawlessly executed pieces of television the show has ever made I agree. It and is, it has Angela Robinson's fingers all over it. Oh, it does. It is like when you get the right. I mean, she also wrote the episode. So I have to yeah. assume that that helps when it's because it's rare on the show that the person who would write an episode also directed it, which is rare on most episodic television. Um, but yeah. the, the fact that she got to write and direct this one, like you can just like tell that it's so much more cohesive than a lot of other episodes. And then this is kind of like a, an experiment in form. Mm-hmm. Um, right. And not only does it work, it like sings like it. Yeah, it is the writing, the directing, the acting, the editing. They are all completely on point. Everyone stands out as being great. Mm -hmm. And it's also hilarious. Yeah. And we also get like a little bit. I mean, it functions in so many ways. It was funny to watch it now. You know, like I just watched like the Parks and Rec reunion where it was like basically a chain phone call. It's It was funny to watch this now when I'm like, this is this is actually what all TV shows are now. It <laughs> is. It's so true. <laughs> yeah. Um, they were basically socially distancing for 11 yeah. minutes in this scene. Yeah, they were. The only problem with this scene is that Alice's shirt is... Um, Illegal. Illegal. Yeah, it is. I think it's legal if you're like really if you're like um, and by the way, I'm describing people I'm related to and love. But if you're like a Midwestern mom and it's like Easter and you're putting on a fun shirt for the party you're throwing for your children. Sure. And you really love scrapbooking and you love crafts and you're like, I'm going to put five frames and 13 buttons on my T-shirt. That's 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 legal, but it's not legal in this context. This is illegal. You know what the shirt would be perfect for? Is if you were Tina and you were going to go to the beach and right. make crafts with all the with yeah. all the children at the beach one day. I could build a castle out of that shit. Oh my Lickety god! Split. Yeah. Um, so what this is is it's essentially we we refer to it as the lesbian phone tray scene, but it is mm-hmm. basically everyone in the cast on the phone with each other or speaking to each other in person. Normally we'd make fun of the amount of exposition that's happening here, except it's not done. It's not exposition, just people being like, hey, did you hear we're going to the premiere tonight? It is, mm-hmm. it all like weaves together in this like perfectly crafted and well-executed way. Let's go through the beats. Okay, so first up, we have Alice and Shane. Shane is, it appears in actual Los Angeles. Um, yes. Upset about her underwear situation. Mentions the the Dice premiere. Alice is like, oh my God, I can't believe you're invited to that. We're all going, which that's not how it works. You can't just it's not all your friends. <laughs> um, that is not how it works. But um, as, who cares? as this all goes, yeah, first of all, who cares? And as this goes on, <laughs> there's like moments of it that become more realistic. And then by the end yeah. of it, it's extremely relatable. Honestly, I feel like this reminds me of when the L Word Generation Q premiere happened a few months ago. Yeah. And uh-huh. I was, I re- this is like, I remember like texting people of like, are mm-hmm. you going to this? Like, who has passes? Does anyone have a plus one? Someone else wants to go, like, trying to coordinate. Yeah. And I was like, this is extremely relatable. So, yeah. yeah. it was, And uh, that's when I always feel like I've succeeded at life. Like, 
when I would like work the red carpet at a GLAD awards and then run into other people who I know mm -hmm. who are also like creatives. And I'd be like, wow, this is what, this is the life. This, this is, is it. being successful. This, this is, is us. us. We're like, we're like living yeah. it. Yeah. We spent more money on the blowout that I did for my hair today than I made all week. But you know what? But it doesn't matter because we're here and we're out and about. We're yeah, out 100. And we look great. And we look and amazing. I, <laughs> and we are wasted because the kettle one is free. It's free. <laughs> The, the coolest thing about the beginning of this is that the Shane and Alice conversation goes on for a while without any cuts, which is extremely mm -hmm. difficult to do in like a split screen phone call setup because the way that would be shot normally is like someone, either the script supervisor or actually the, uh, the actor, if they happen to be on set, would be playing off camera, like be doing their mm -hmm. lines. But like this, the timing of it, there's like moments where like they're like perfectly in sync of like like almost like interrupting each other and like things that like mm -hmm. are like have the natural cadence of a conversation that is super, super, super hard to do when you're editing that together. So that I thought was like such a nice flex to start with. And then it mm -hmm. goes into like everything else has cuts and it's like you, you can't sustain that for that long because it's impossible. Right. But uh, it starts off with such a flex. I love it. Yeah. So Phyllis is losing her shit. Yes. Over Alice. Yes. She and she's dealing with this in a matter that I would describe as a, as a bit unprofessional. Perhaps, um, yes. <laughs> to be burdening her employee, Bette Porter, with her sorrow and heartbreak over somebody she slept with a few times. The sex was incredible, stellar, earth-shattering even. Yes. Um, and of course, when you think of Bette, Bette did not want this to happen. She Correct. begged with Alice to not explore anything with Phyllis. And now, mm -hmm. uh, of course, it's blown up in her face and uh, Bette... Is like you broke up with her really horribly. She's terrorizing my staff. Um, mm -hmm. It's I guess really she cut funny. the budget. I was like, um, yeah, I was like, wait, what? Someone do an ethics investigation on this. No, woman. I don't think that's how she's, anything works. Or no, work. and also she's like, you have to make you have to make Alice talk to me. I cannot fathom a world in which I would tell an employee of mine that part of their job was making one of their friends who I had a crush on speak to me about our relationship. Yeah, no, not good. Not not professional. <laughs> that's, Mm -mm. not professional um but that does try to make tries to introduce reason into the conversation and say things that are true like you know what just because you guys had great sex doesn't necessarily mean that you should be in a relationship like, right it just be that exactly. which phyllis is is not like able to comp you know no and and like comprehend what you know phyllis is experiencing something that i i think many people have experienced which mm -hmm. is the time that you you know, sleep with a woman for the first time, fall mm -hmm. madly in love with her inappropriately, yeah. and uh, it blows your life up for a few weeks. And yeah. this is super relatable. Um, and Phyllis is great, and I love her. Oh, also to note, um, you know that Alice has really changed Phyllis because Phyllis has lesbian collar on the phone call. <laughs> like her, I did her not white, know her white shirt is like yeah. unbuttoned at the top, and is like the collar of it is like splayed over Ooh. the the blazer lapel yeah um and that is as we know <laughs> lesbian collar and that's that how you know collar. that alice has really changed phyllis you know wow. she's like really ch turning her life in a new yeah, direction you, you undress with one kind of collar and then when you put your clothes back on after having lesbian sex you're like yeah you the collar I mean? cannot be contained it's like boop, 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 like iron man like, in the, out. the blazer exactly exactly the blazer Correct. can't hold the collar of the shirt anymore because of how gay you are now exactly yeah. it's very relatable, I think. Uh, this is, is extremely relatable. I, I related. I related um, a great deal to this. Phyllis is like, 
um, have you heard from Alice? And at one point, Bet says, "You know what? I'm sure that she's just swamped with her her internet side," <laughs> which I love. I love. <laughs> and then, speaking of people who are not busy, um, <laughs> Helena is sitting in bed eating Cheetos and does not want to go to the Roll the Dice premiere. She does not. Then Poppy calls. She's with her limousine, calling yes. calling she, Alice. Poppy and her limousine call Alice. And she needs, she's going, but needs an extra ticket for Tasha. Also, Tasha uh-huh. thinks Alice is cute, which you can tell Tasha did not authorize Poppy mm-hmm. to say that. Um, and Poppy just took some liberties there. And I think another relatable moment. Who hasn't done that? Who has not meddled? Yeah. Well, also, like, Alice says nothing about Tasha or having any feelings for Tasha. Yeah. And and Poppy te- texts Tasha, Alice is hot for you. Yeah. And, and Tasha texts back, shut up. <laughs> and also, Tasha's wearing a tank top and she looks really nice she looks great um i think she's in a motorcycle shop or something yeah just, or maybe i'm just confusing automotives i mean either way she looks great and then then they also bring up that afterwards there's an after party of high stakes poker hosted by katherine rothberg who will be another member of this year's plot yes like the david gray song this year's love but with plots indeed i feel like the energy in this whole i seriously timed it this is like this whole thing lasts for 11 minutes going in and out of the mm-hmm. split screen everyone's involved it's amazing i love the energy of it like it's like a little frenetic and then like it slows at moments and then it kind of picks mm-hmm. up again and also the entire cast is either anxious or depressed except for alice who's <laughs> like trying to like get the gang together for yeah. a big party and like come on let's get the morale up you know it's uh-huh. so funny we take like a brief break from the split screen for jody and bet yeah. to for jody to come in and be like which and this again i love this like yes. jody's just like look you feels like you've been avoiding me we kissed um or we almost kissed uh if you if you don't have any interest then that's fine let's just not be weird let's, let's get over it let's and be I'm like cool. thank you for being forward and communicating yes no one ever does that on the show i'm so happy jody is on the show she also refers to bet as wicked hot and that definitely raises an eyebrow from bet um mm-hmm. and she's like i don't know how to respond to that she doesn't but she doesn't have to because (laughs) phyllis calls again and on line one she's like oh it's because she met leonard and then bet says the iconic line to alice alice you have to break up with her i already broke up with her yeah well you re-break up with her because some lesbians you know what you have to break up with them more than once then we go to uh jenny's at the planet and uh, is on the phone with Alice and she's like, come get coffee with me. Also, everyone's getting coffee from random places during this whole sequence. Yeah, they should all be at the planet. Again, support local Supporting queer women local owned businesses. businesses. Support the pair polenta tart. Um, yeah. And she's like, come have coffee with me. And basically Alice says she can't because there's too much drama. Another incredible Another iconic line. line. I wish I could. There's too much drama. Yeah. And then uh, Shane shows up and there's this really hilarious moment where like Alice has told Jenny about the premiere. And so when Shane walks in, Jenny's like, oh my God, you got to come with us. Alice is getting a group together to go to this premiere. (laughs) Do you want to go? And has no idea if Shane's already involved in it. And she takes the phone where she goes, Alice, you're fucking killing me. Uh Perfect. Uh, Then we get to Kit, who's also at the planet, who calls Bet. Uh And Bet's like, I'm going to kill myself. And she's like, are you yeah. going to the premiere? And she's like, I can't go because I'll be dead because I will have killed myself. Phyllis will not get off the fucking phone. Just mm-hmm. really A plus Bet Porter stuff happening. Yeah. There's a cute little sort of chain of people telling yeah. Alice to break up with Phyllis. Oh. Again. Suddenly the split screen gets even smaller because now like everyone's yeah. getting involved and it uh-huh. just everything's 
completely chaotic. Uh, this is like this is actually like quintessential chaos, which is gay chaos. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> and this is like a beautiful kind of visual representation of yeah. like complete chaos. Yeah. And it's good. It's chaotic good. Then Lindsay calls Jenny while Shane still has Jenny's phone. And Lindsay asks for Debbie. And Shane's like, who's Debbie? And then Jenny's like, oh, my God, it's for me. And she's trying to um, get together with Lindsay because she's going to go adopt a puppy, which I would advise against. I think that's a bad this idea. Point in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Lindsay can't because she's going on a romantic weekend with Stacey Merck and the Vagina Wig who wrote yeah. the bad review. Mm-hmm. So Jenny takes care of that by borrowing someone else's phone, calling Stacy, pretending to be a French woman, hiring her to interview Shane McCutcheon at the Roll the Dice. Premiere. I definitely thought she was doing a dramatic Italian accent. Was it French? I, sometimes I can't tell. I couldn't tell. I just assumed French because I thought just sophistication. Vague European over-the-top yes. accent. Yes, in the um, tradition of Marina, vaguely European. It totally just sounded like Marina. It's a romance language. Yeah. That's all we know. That's all we know. Also, Jenny has mm. Stacy's number memorized. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's shocking. That, yeah. Although, oh, actually, it's, it's also not. Lin- no, because they have cell phones. So, yeah. Did she call a landline? Maybe she did call I, Oh, a I landline. did. Actually, I do remember she was holding both phones. I yeah. think she was doing the, the Oh, thing. you're right. But also, right. I mean, again, this is bananas you would never um like do any if i was in stacy's <laughs> position i'd be like emailing like can i get confirmation on this what yeah like, what's the time i'm supposed to be there when's the interview where is it taking place like sh- this level of detail is not enough for somebody to think it's a real writing assignment so uh, stacy the career hungry stacy merkin is going to cancel her romantic weekend with Lindsay so that she can go interview shane which by the way you can interview shane for free any day of the week at seriously. wax seriously also, Shane would be a terrible interview. She would be a ter- absolutely terrible interview. Jenny says, Someone, the, my assistant Angelica will call you about the press pass, okay? So that was a, <laughs> a nice touch. Um, she says mm. uh, the way she pronounces press pass with her European accent sounds like precipice, which feels weirdly <laughs> apt for what's happening. Um, and then she gets off the phone by going, Bye, big kiss to you. Which is very funny. There's also right before that a funny moment where Shane tells Alice she has to break up with Phyllis because of the mm-hmm. whole like Bets talking to Kit who has Jenny with her and that it's very convoluted but yeah. very funny and then she's like Alice has like a nice dig at Shane where she's like oh you're one to talk of like how to let a girl down and then right. Shane's like what that was rude that was kind of rude yeah. Alice <laughs> yeah. uh, which is really yeah. funny and then there's that moment where Alice like has to list out everyone she's invited and as she says it like little tiny little split screen boxes of everyone pops up yeah. and we just see like what they're doing not on the phone like mm. Helen is just like still eating chips and it's yeah. really cute so then Phyllis is still talking to Bet about Alice Alice calls Bet and then Phyllis calls Alice and leaves uh and leaves this uh, like long unhinged voicemail unhinged deeply sincere voicemail that she's in love with her um uh-huh. at one point Bet says that her life is ruined I love when Bet's uh-huh. over the top like this. It's my favorite bet. <laughs> um, and then Bet tries to like switch lines back over to Phyllis, but Phyllis is hung up on her. And then fucking Tina walks in. Man, Tina comes in guns blazing. Ugh. She does look cute though in her dress. I thought it was yeah. a flattering outfit. It was. However, she's got, they're fighting about preschool. And it was funny to see this with the lens of knowing where Angie ends up. Now, mm-hmm. like in terms yes. of like, because like what Q. school she was going to go to was such a big part of the plot of Gen Q. Yeah. Also, it's like in Beth's obsession with making sure she goes to the best school. 
like Bet wants her to apply to every single preschool so that she might get to go to a good one or the best one or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tina would just prefer Beverly Montessori because it's close to where she lives. Correct. Which Bet says is not a good reason. Tina's point that Angie should not have to commute two and a half hours to preschool is valid. Absolutely valid. I can't imagine a two and a half hour commute to a preschool. That's wild. I think all I learned in preschool was that I couldn't remember numbers. I remember like putting on funny costumes. That's my really only memory of preschool, I think. Tina's like, oh, whatever. It's just preschool. It's like crayons. And it's like, no, it is not just crayons. It's a fucking Ivy League education. So naive. Jesus. Which is mm-hmm. amazing. And then James pops his head in as Tina leaves and he's like, uh, Phyllis is on line one. And she's like, oh, fuck you, James. Just fuck you. It's perfect. Inappropriate, but perfect. Wildly inappropriate. Once again, James is her forever punching bag. But like, uh, honestly, Emmy for those 11 minutes. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well done. It's it's a really nice example of what how good the show can be and what the show can be if it mm-hmm. wanted to. Yeah, if it was always written and directed by Angela Robinson. Actually, yeah, maybe that's all it is. It's like just yeah. get everyone get out of the way and let Angela Robinson do what she's going to do because it's always good. Okay. She's yeah. a great, great talented filmmaker. And then we arrive at Alice and Helena's lovely home mm-hmm. in West Hollywood where Poppy has arrived in a visor to teach everyone <laughs> how to play poker, which for the record, they played already in season one. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. That's funny. Poppy has invited all of her friends. Alice is obviously like, I don't know about this. There's too many people here. <laughs> and um, one of one of Poppy's friends is Tasha. There's a girl there who obviously just hooked up with Poppy. And yeah, from Poppy the, la- the girl from her. the last episode that she met mm-hmm. at the bar who couldn't dance. So Tasha and Alice have like a little bit of flirty banter. Yes. It's cute. It's very cute. Um, and we're pretty excited about that. But then we have to go back to Bet's. It's Bet's Bet's office. office. She's on the phone with Kit. She asks James for the best website to learn. She to asks learn sign language. James to find quote the best internet site for learning sign language. <laughs> I love that on this show everything is an internet search, not like internet search, internet site, and not like yeah. website, web search. Yeah online something it's just it's good to specify internet site yeah it's good people are like is it a dig site yeah exactly i was like, gonna say what if it's like an archaeological right. site like you don't you exactly. wouldn't want to learn you first of all you mm-hmm. don't want to go to an archaeological site it's probably no. far away it's probably really hot out mm-hmm. and you don't mm-hmm. want to interrupt what they're doing to just try to yeah. learn sign language because they're not going to teach you sign language at an archaeological yeah, let dig. archaeologists be archaeologists exactly. and don't and like stay out of it and i think that's a really respectful thing that Beth's doing here she's great um, you know she just I, cares so also, much she does. And she's also going to learn sign language in three hours. She masters <laughs> sign language in a matter of minutes because she's bet fucking Porter. But uh, before you know it, um, Angus mm. rolls in w- looking like fresh mush. He scraped face, off the bottom of a bucket. He is dripping in sweat. His face is <laughs> bright red. He looks Ugh, like shit. Scruffy. And yet he is taking care of this perfect angelic child. Angelic Angelica. And uh, Bet informs Angus that he is lucky to be on Kit's album. Oh, yeah. Bet goes full Bet in the scene. It's great. Mm-hmm. She's like... And she's like, how's Hazel? You're way too hot to be a papa. First of all, the, we learn in the scene then that Angus's thing with Hazel has continued. Right. This is maddening. So not only did <laughs> he fuck the other nanny, but uh-huh. they've continued on with it. Right. What? Which, like... 
Also, wasn't she fired? Do you think every Was time she, she wears a different flower in, flower in her hair? And Tina thinks maybe it's she, a different person? Maybe he keeps giving her guitar lessons every time she finds a new like guitar metaphor. Oh, you know, maybe. Yeah, maybe. To like, get him to take his pants off so he can give him a BJ. Ugh. She's like, I know a B chord. <laughs> but I funny. prefer a BJ chord. Oh, that's good. That's Ugh. really yeah. good. Right? Um, so she's like, ask how Hazel is, asks if he loves Kit. Then she covers Angelica's ears and she's <laughs> like, I know you're fucking Hazel behind Kit's back. And he tells her to fuck off. What an asshole. Yeah. And he also was like, you're one to talk. You cheated on Tina. But like, sure. But what does that have to do with any of this? Yeah. It's, it's not like nothing. <laughs> yeah. Bet also made a mistake. Yeah. And so if anyone would up. know, it would be Bet. Right. Like, it's not like if you fuck something up, you're if anything. Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Angus sucks and he should go lie down in a slab of concrete and become a sidewalk. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. And then people could like drop <laughs> things on him. Sidewalk. Yeah. He could be like a sidewalk and then someone walks by with like an ice cream cone and it like yeah. fall. The ice cream falls off and it lands on him and mm-hmm. he's a sidewalk. So he can't even eat it and like enjoy it. He has to just like be dirty. Right. And that, my friends, where the sidewalk ends. Oh, my God. Wow. Today's episode is brought to you by EveryPlate. EveryPlate is America's best value meal kit. Get meals you'll enjoy and your bank account will love delivered right to your door. How does a bank account have an opinion about a meal? This My bank account is very vocal. <laughs> and they send me a lot of alerts. A lot of alerts and it's like, <laughs> feed me. Yeah, but I'm hungry. Money, not food. We're all familiar with the same scenario. You come home from working a long day, you're tired. Or you work from home and you've been at home all day and you're tired. You don't feel like cooking. You can't justify the cost of spending the extra money on ordering out. What do you do? Every plate. Every plate's easy to follow recipes and pre-portioned ingredients take the stress out of dinner time. Recipes come together in about 30 minutes, which is definitely faster than a trip to the grocery store and starting a meal from scratch. And it's cheaper too. I personally found these recipes to be really easy to follow. Yeah. I have made two of the meals this week and I found both of them very tasty and genuinely easy to follow. I don't cook and was able to make these meals. Yeah. I made the pasta with the chicken, which was super good. And then the meatballs is the other one I made. Mm, yeah. Um, and that was really great. And I still had some left over for later, which was also exciting. Have we mentioned that every plate is America's best value meal kit? Have we? I talk about it all the time. (laughs) You can think of it like this. One meal is the same price as one cup of coffee. Yeah, that's what I said. (laughs) Even at regular price, every plate is up to 58% cheaper than other major meal kits out there. Some other meal kits can be as expensive as getting takeout or ordering food, but this one is definitely cheaper. And it also feels like it's cheaper than cooking from home. So that's a miracle. Yeah, you also don't run into the conundrum of food waste if you Mm -hmm. are a single person and you're just making meals for one or even if you're making meals for two a lot of the times the ingredients you have to buy are there's so much shit left over and maybe you're busy or you're not great at coming up with creative cooking ideas i know nothing about cooking Mm -hmm. you're just gonna end up probably wasting a bunch of that food which is terrible that's food waste is a huge problem it's a huge problem in this country and every plate is constantly expanding their shipment zone. So be sure to check and make sure your zip code is included where they ship at checkout. To learn more and sign up, visit everyplate.com. Every, every plate. <laughs> every single plate. plate. We got every plate together that we could find. We took all the plates out of every Reese's cabinet. <laughs> I brought all the plates over from my house. Whoa. Then we go back to 
Alisaz, where we begin the conceit of uh, oh yeah, Poppy's <laughs> Poppy's rules of poker. Which, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, and otherwise identified people, they're not really about poker. This is a, a bit of an on-the-nose kind of uh, situation <laughs> here. So first, I wrote down all the rules, and I thought that they were all separate rules, and then realized that they were each rule had like yeah. multiple sub rules. But I wrote down everything. <laughs> Her rules remind me of how I write. Like, instead of just writing one sentence that explains everything, I end up writing like four sentences. That a paragraph. <laughs> could have been one sentence. And uh, yeah, so I related in that way. Yeah. This um, is Poppy's like own, like, this could have been an email kind of thing. Like, we didn't need to have this meeting. But um, rule no. number one. Rule number one. Poker's all about deception. It's about pretending your hand is better than it is. It's about psyching out the other player to your advantage. You gotta know when to bluff and how far to push it. And so when she's doing this, we're cutting back and forth to scenes of other characters, what the other characters are up to. And we see that um, Lindsay is calling Jenny. You mean Lil Debbie? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lindsay's calling her dear friend Lil Debbie. Like, do you have any Swiss rolls for me, Peaches? And she's like, I sure do. And she's like, do you want it? She's like, Stacy's gone. She's going to go cover a magazine. We can't hang out this week. And Lindsay has so much snot on her face. Her whole yeah. upper lip is glistening with snot. It's not good. Anyway, not good. so they're going to they're gonna hang out this weekend, um, which we're all really excited about. And um, uh, Jenny, when she tells her that Stacy left, she's like, oh, fucking vagina wig. And then... Yeah. Debbie, Lindsay's like what and she's like that's what I call my little baby niece you know like that little fucker I'm like Jenny is so bad at this it's so funny yeah she is the next rule second rule leave emotion at the door you gotta play the hand you're dealt don't get involved in other people's bullshit that just gets in the way and that takes us to in tech mode <laughs> Um, where a woman there's a woman in intact mode which one woman works here her name is megan mm -hmm. one yeah, megan she's very cute we've got a megan a megan at work passed megan over from for work. the promotion because she wasn't playing golf with that annoying guy with the the fischler prowl guy with the red hair Ugh, yeah and um, max is like ah oh, that's unfair he thinks that she should sue and i have a few questions about <laughs> if this would actually hold up in court. Now, I am not a lawyer. However, I feel like I have always played one on TV in my lengthy acting a lot of order. career. Um, I used to watch The Practice, so I feel like I have a, mm -hmm. a real foothold here in law. Um, and Similarly, I've seen Legally I've Blonde many wife. times. I've watched The Good Wife and The Good Fight. Um, my ex was a law student. Well, now she's a lawyer, I guess. She ever... If she's listening and would like to be friends, it's still like to be friends. So, you know, feel free to text me anytime. Oh, this is a big episode. She told me that um, the good wife and the good fight are very unrealistic. Well, I think Legally Blonde is a really good representation of the legal yeah. system. And therefore, yeah, I feel well. qualified to make the to question the validity of this claim. If you feel you are more qualified for a job, even if you are more qualified for a job and you are passed up for a promotion, does that mean you can sue the company or sue your boss? I don't. I mean... You would Can't have you? to, I actually do know a tiny, I honestly do know a teeny bit about that just because my ex was doing employment law. So we oh, talked about it a lot. Actually, this is but totally like, pertinent. But like she would have, I think the thing is, first of all, that she hasn't lost anything yet. Like this would not be the moment to sue. 
this, there's that suing is not the logical next step here. And also if she was going to sue, it would be, she'd have to assemble sort of either a pattern of behaviors mm -hmm. outside, like, and also, I mean, this, I guess this would be impossible if she's the only girl there, but it would really help if she had other, um, witnesses who could like or maybe just testify. the mere fact that she's like the only woman in the office I guess right. in and of itself but like she should just take this to HR it's not it's not like suing is not the and also like this it's way too early in the process right. for for that she should just go to HR yeah and file a complaint and see where that gets her uh anyway mm -hmm. Max wants her to sue and Okay. I just want to apologize to every lawyer who listens to this podcast. Um, I know when I listen to podcasts and people are talking about things I'm an expert on and they aren't, I feel like I'm going to die the entire time. And I want to thank you for bearing with us during that period of time. And we're sorry for everything that we got wrong. Also want to um, apologize for the Bellini situation of last episode. <laughs> oh, right. We, that's right. We forgot to address this. We forgot. I, I wanted to address it up top and I forgot. But basically, <laughs> yeah. um, we did not know because we are not rich that we don't know anything about <laughs> recipes and meals that would involve caviar. Correct. And creme, creme fraiche apparently. So this is a Jenny meal to begin with, but yeah, but I, I guess I wasn't looking at the screen when the subtitles were on. So I didn't see that what Helena was saying was Bellini rather than Bellini, which is the name of the Olive Garden invented beverage. Delicious um, and beverage. so I thought she said Bellini's, Carly agreed with me. Well, I don't know any better. I just went it. along. You know, I was yes anding. Yeah, she was yes anding. I'm a supportive co-host. Yeah. Carly's just a really supportive co-host. So then I, um, when I was doing screen caps for the Ozdrell post, I was like, oh, fuck, it's Bellinis. And you all let us know that we were wrong. And oh, we yeah. appreciate that. Um, yeah. I don't like that I got, I don't like that I got um, something food related incorrect because food's very important to me, but. You know, I, I, you know, what it is, what it is. Anyway, so that's it for our corrections that. corner. Back to the show. <laughs> yeah, uh, but just a brief thing that what we did say about it um, was really funny. So I think it was worth it. We had to leave that in because it was funny. Yeah, sorry. Also, guys. any time to any chance we get to talk about the Olive Garden, we can't cut that out. Absolutely. Also, no, if anyone because one from, day they're going to sponsor this podcast. Exactly. If anyone from Olive Garden or Darden Restaurant Group is listening and wants to buy an ad or sponsor the podcast in some way, mm -hmm. we're completely fine with that. So just let us yeah. know. Do some. Yeah. Like we could host like a fan meetup at the Olive Garden uh, in 2022. Or <laughs> once, once we're allowed to go places <laughs> in two years. So anyway, this conversation <laughs> ends by Megan at work saying that Max is like, she's like, it's easy for you to say you're a member of the boys club. And Max is like, whoa, I'm a member of the boys club. Like in his mind, you know, you can tell he's like, that's like a little moment for him, I think. Where he's mm -hmm. like, I am in the boys club. What am I going to do with my power? Uh, then we get another piece piece of wisdom from, from Poppy. Rule number three. Third rule. Poker's not for like the wussy player, all right? Sometimes you got to go all in. And then you know who's about to go all in to Jody's Studio. Vagina. <laughs> yeah, studio is um, Bette Porter. She is learning sign language. And then um, I love she goes this to... scene. I love <laughs> this scene. Bette goes to Jody's studio and like clearly has finally learned her lesson about sneaking up on her. So she just kind of like stands there for a really, uh -huh. really long time while Jody's like drilling more stuff, always drilling something. Yeah, and, that's art. Um, Bette has mastered all of sign language in an afternoon and tells Jody. 
that she scares her. And this is, I think this is the moment where Bette realized this is going to turn into a top for top situation and she's in trouble. Mm, um, right. And that's why she's scared, I think. Uh, but it is really cute to see Bette so like off her game. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's like we've never seen her like this before and it's really lovely. Yeah. To, it's just, she's so different and like nervous. Oh, it was great. Would you call it a top I would say that this is a top In this corner, we have Bette Porter. She is nervous and scared. Crying. And crying, which yeah, I was which a little thrown off by. Um, <laughs> and in this corner, up on scaffolding, literally higher up in the room, therefore in a place of dominance visually, is Jody, an artist, a sculptress. And she says that anything she's scared of doing, she has to do it. Mm-hmm. It's great. They make out. Anyway, Bette Porter has finally met her match. And... Uh, She's like, hey, come on down here. And mm-hmm. Jody's like, come on up here. Don't worry mm-hmm. about getting dirty. Call back to last week. So mm-hmm. we are fully in a top off right now. This is maybe the greatest top off moment on the show so far. I would venture yeah. to say. So art is beauty. We know that um, because of how beautiful that is, even though she's crying. Um, and the sex scene begins first with them trying to eat each other's hands. <laughs> This you know? is a little known top for top mating ritual. <laughs> it's the devouring of the appendages. The eating, <laughs> the eating of the hands. <laughs> the extensive kissing of the limbs. You know, it's sort of like like if you meet like a lord at a, in a castle and you have to bend down and yes. like, and like, you know, like a like a kiss the ring or whatever uh, that is. Like that's all t- it's yeah. all tied together. And it's been yeah. around for hundreds and hundreds of years. It has been. It is different from an actually sexy thing, which is like sucking fingers and doing like that. Kind Very of stuff. different. That's not Very what happens here. No. What happens here is just some some smooches, smooches some on smoochies. the hands. Yeah. Some smoochies. <laughs> little smoochies for little the smoochies. little smoochies for the artist and her little school friend. <laughs> also, Bet's crying again. Sorry, Bet's crying is so gay. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah no th- th- yes <laughs> I, can't, I can't even finish a sentence because that's how gay it is. <laughs> these are my notes for the sex scene <laughs> tell um, me mine are even sex, less <laughs> sex sexy scene sex scene sex with four exes and then uh is bet fucking her question mark i thought by the end of it bet was fucking her yeah i thought so too and jody was like riding her yeah but like bet was sort of like pushed up against the art Right, yeah. So they were like both being tops in the moment. Yeah. Psychologically. But I think if we were so this is a really hot sex scene. Everyone yeah. loves it. It's a it's, it's a it's a it's a great one. It's right up there with the great ones, you know? Bob Dylan, the Beatles, <laughs> the sex scene. This it's, it's up there Mona with Lisa with all the art at War and Peace. The museum. Uh-huh. That Bladders <laughs> runs museum. on the island. Yeah. Uh and I think once again, I would call the top off in favor of Jody. I agree because Bet went up there. Jody did not come down there. And um, also, Jody's side won her yeah. little speech won the won the game, and now exactly. they're going to fuck on do art. They, and it's Jody's do, art. Do we get two points to Jody? I think this is a pretty large victory. I agree. Okay, two points, so two points to Jody. So it's three to nothing, Jody over Bet. Three to nothing. 
Um, mm-hmm. My notes for the sex scene are, are they going to fuck on the art? Four question marks. <laughs> they are. That's all I wrote. So. So we did. Oh, I also wrote journalism. Smooth jazz. Yes. Yes. Um, is this the scene? I don't know if I wrote it. Well, there's, I love that thing in the soundtrack of like things from the like late nineties or early aughts where like sex scenes are set to sort of like Portishead X-esque trip hop. <laughs> yeah. Portishead it's, is great sex music. I it is. Everyone it. knows that. That's. <laughs> Everyone knows that. That's queer culture. <laughs> Back to Alice's Poker Palace. Alice's Poker Palace, liquor in the front, etc. I hate that so mm-hmm. much. Um, poker lesson continues via montage. And Correct. we see uh, Al- they're playing with nudie cards. Yes, of course. Uh, Helena seems to be doing well. Maybe Helena mm. has a natural uh, the, she's good at it. Um, yeah. Alice and Tasha have some cute moments, little flirties. And then um, who should arrive? But, a but the star girl. of the Adam Sandler movie, Little Nikki. <laughs> Little Nikki herself. Wow. She trots in there as if she is Poppy's one and only. She sits and on Tasha's Poppy's like, lap. Oh shit, you're in trouble in that way that you do when your friend who has messy drama. I'm saying this realizing that I'm often the friend with the messy drama, but that where you're sort of like, oh man, you're this isn't going to uh, end well. <laughs> yeah, this isn't going to end well, man. You know? We're about uh, to all be caught up in your shit. That's that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know what? Tasha's a psychic because she's right. She's right because the girl from the bar that couldn't dance that was at the poker palace but went outside to smoke comes back in and finds this other girl sitting on Poppy's lap and an actual fight breaks out. This feels uh, ridiculous and cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and Tasha breaks it up and screams at Poppy to handle your bitches, man, <laughs> which I love, which I love. Honestly, anyone else saying that I'm like, fuck you, but it's Tasha. So I'm like, you yeah. know what? You get a pass uh-huh. because that you're beautiful. And, uh, <laughs> someone shoves Tasha into Alice and she accidentally elbows Alice right in the eye and uh-huh. Alice screams. Fuck my mother. So oh, fuck. Oh, shit. Oh. Oh, it hurts. It really hurts. And then we cut to the hospital. Which I believe is the same set that they used when Shay broke his arm. Oh, really? I think so. I I would need to go back to confirm, but the desk by the door seemed familiar, like in the background of this, because they're sitting Mm. in the waiting area. And Shane was like at the desk talking to an administrative person. Anyway. I I have a little question. Yeah. Um, is the question was it necessary what? for them to go to the ER because Alice got a bruise <laughs> why, on her face? Why did they go to the hospital? Because we question. see it's not like she gets stitches. No, she's not bleeding either. Or if she was, if she was bleeding, it's gone now. You know, it's dried up and she's fine. I don't think that you need to go to the ER if somebody bumps into your face. No, I fully ran into a cement block basically, <laughs> and my entire and had a concussion and a black eye, and my oh, nose God. had a bump on it that I still have to this day. And I did not go to the doctor at all because I was on a cruise. Maybe Alice just has really good insurance and doesn't care. Maybe. Maybe. But she's a freelancer, so I'd be So probably surprised. not. <laughs> yeah. Um, in, this, in this day and age. But it's an opportunity for some bantar. Some and, bantar and some informational, expositional, uh, mm-hmm. let's learn more about Tasha's character. Clearly, Alice hasn't seen the opening credits of this show mm-hmm. where Tasha is wearing military garb because Alice... Mm-hmm has no fucking idea that Tasha Correct. served in the military. 
and says some dumb shit, putting her foot right in her mouth. Yeah. And then she'd really have to be in the ER. She'd yeah. be like, I got my foot stuck in my mouth. How? Oh, 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 you know, oh. when there's people, other people who have real injuries, people are coming in. Tasha seems to know a suspicious amount of things about medical situations. Mm-hmm. And Tasha and Al's like, what are you, a paramedic or a doctor or something? And Tasha's just like, no. One word answer. I love it. One word answer. No. And then Alice says, it's like fucking Iraq in here. And Tasha's uh, like, you haven't seen Iraq. And she's like, what you have? She's, she's like, like yeah. Yes. Um, in the National Guard. Uh-huh. Did you not see the opening credits of the show? Correct. And um, Alice does not take this news very well. And Tasha does not take her taking of the news very well, very well. No. And accuses her of burning up oil to go to the beauty salon while Tasha is in Iraq. Man. And Alice accuses her of killing innocent Iraqis. This is maybe a more complicated issue than this show has the capacity to address. Maybe. I mean, this will continue, but I think that like the like upper middle class white woman who has not served in the military, has no family members who've been in the military, who is very liberal, who doesn't recognize her privileges, Mm -hmm. who doesn't really understand, who is able to have a lot of opinions from the comfort and safety of their life. I mean, I'm not defending the war no, in Iraq, but no. but I think that this dynamic is um, is realistic. Yes. Um, and they they kind of start to go back and forth. Tasha gets upset and she's going to like walk away and Alice apologizes and then they sit back down and they like they're like cute for a second before we leave the scene. Mm-hmm. So it, it did feel like it was like handled in kind of a realistic way. Yeah, because I also her saying, I don't know why I said that felt tr- realistic, too, because I felt like that was just like her knee jerk reaction. Like exactly. that was all of our knee jerk reactions when we thinking about yeah that kind of stuff at that. She's time, like, I never you know? asked you to fight George Bush's stupid war. And she's like, I don't like him. either. Like, you know, right. like, and so it's just like she's like, it's just my job. Right. So, so. It's, it's interesting. We don't spend a lot of time on this here, which is fine. Like, mm-hmm. this is not like the time or place to get into serious issues. Alice is like you know, dying from a bump on the face. So yeah, it happens to the best of us. Yeah. Then we go to intact mode, (laughs) the most mask company of all time. We make code. We code Code computers for internet sites for women. We make internet sites. We're in the boys room. They're in the, they're in the, whatever it's called the break room, whatever it is they had in the office where they have a fridge. And that guy's just like, blah, 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 blah. apparently that guy's name is Mitch. Also, everyone involved in this situation has an M name is Max, Megan and Mitch. Interesting. Well, it helps me remember what's going on better because I was just going to call true. him like that redheaded asshole from Max's original job interview. And I'm glad I could just call him Mitch, which is a real jerk name. Good name. They're bitching about Megan having filed a complaint, which good. That's the ne- that is the logical. That is step. absolutely the logical next step. File a complaint. And Max is like, and Max is like, what are they talking about? And the guy standing next to him is like, oh, it's, you know, because Megan was passed up for the promotion. And the guy that Max speaks to directly seems as though he is also sympathetic to Megan's plight. Mm-hmm. And so I think this would have been a good moment for Max to build an alliance with this guy and be like, hey, would you support me if we were to go and talk to someone about it? Because yeah. I don't know, you know, but instead Max is like, bye. But also he's in a really uh, awkward really situation awkward at this and point. difficult position. Yeah. Um, yeah. and like, I don't know, maybe like 
acknowledging and also having to deal with the ramifications of his own kind of like new male privilege all at the same time which Mm -hmm. is so fascinating like i there's so many interesting things they could have talked about with max and they kind of just like Mm -hmm. like they started to go there and then just like let let it sit you know like the idea of like how Max has been in his group of friends and in this like lesbian and queer community and then like what his life is like at this office like there's so many interesting things that you could be talking about here as well as the fact that he's like recently transitioned and like this is all like pretty recent in the last like several months to a year I don't understand the passage of time on the show but I'm just gonna say within the last couple months or a year um yeah and so there's all these things happening that they could be talking about in there Mm -hmm. not quite getting there but and they also still are really fucking up on his facial hair and someone should have oh. just called, put an end to that and yeah. been like, you know what? Just take it off. Yeah. Then we go over the valley and through the woods. To Paige's house we go. To Paige's house we go where Shane is dropping off Shay in her limousine and Paige emerges from the home looking honestly radiant. She looks so beautiful here like the way the light like the sun is setting oh my god Mm -hmm. she just looks she's obviously not wearing a bra and like her dress is draping uh, perfectly beautiful Beautiful. yeah and they both they have a moment because like shane's you know going to her big premiere and so she's dropping off shay to stay at Paige's house with what's his name jared 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 yeah and they both kind of apologize for the weird z's of the last time they saw each other and shane doesn't want to fuck things up um and she's like i tend to push people away i don't want to do that to you and Paige has this kind of cute moment where she's like well i could be your friend and shane's like that would, that's great i would love that it's a it's a sweet yeah. scene and, and it just makes you like want to see more of the two of them together yeah and you can also tell that they do want to bang a little bit yeah but shane's trying to be emotionally responsible exactly and in a way, Shay is keeping Shane in check because it's not mm-hmm. like Shane can go out and make a destructive decision and she has to take care of a small child, a exactly. little human. He's not he's not even very tall. He can't even drink at a milkshake without spilling it all over his lap. And now he's got a he's got a cast on his arm, so he's gonna spill twice yeah. as many milkshakes now, I'm sure. You know what I was thinking about during this scene? Tell me. Is that a lot of like if you look at like Kristana Loken's hair, you look at Alice's hair, you look mm-hmm. at Tasha's hair, these are people their hair looked good then, it looks good now most of the time mm-hmm. like these are sort of eternal hairstyles you well, know it's classic it's not classic. trendy and, and that always stands shane withstands is really shane is really saddled with the most of the moment oh yeah hairstyles yeah. possible mm-hmm. um and it's you know they and they don't always really stand the test of time um but shane is carrying that she's like i will be the lesbian with the trendy lesbian with hair, the hair. This program yeah. knowing that in many years people will look back and be like like why do you look like a scarecrow yeah why do you look like you haven't washed your hair exactly. ever but she still looks cute she does look cute and the outfit is cool she mm-hmm. we cut to the premiere uh where stacy merkin is absolutely losing her shit at Furious. the press table she stacy i rate c magazine what do you think the c stands for Cunt. <laughs> fitting. Fitting that Stacey Merkin would be writing for Cunt Magazine. It's I wish there like, was a Cunt Magazine. That would be awesome. <laughs> I know. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change Autostraddle. I was just going to gonna say, just change Autostraddle to Cunt.com. Cunt Magazine. Absolutely. 
we got an email about it once. Someone was like the domain. I put it on my Instagram. This is like five years, four years ago. Someone emailed me and was like, the domain name cunt.com has recently become available and you came up as someone who might be interested in it. It was obviously some robot thing that somehow sure. searching our keywords. And I was like, wow. oh, obviously we couldn't afford it. But um, whoever got that, I hope you're giving it the respect it deserves. Anyway, wow. C probably stands for um, cottage. Cottage Magazine is covering mm. the Roll the Dice premiere, sponsored by Hugo Boss, featuring Shane McCutcheon. Yeah, none of this makes sense. <laughs> uh, and then the actual C Magazine person is like, no, no, you're not signed up. Blah, 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 blah. Well, no, it's the, it's like the C- Hugo C- Boss guy from yeah. the opening scene. And he's like, C Magazine is? is already here. They already checked in. And she's like, and I was legitimately, <sighs> I, I was like, I didn't even know C Magazine was real. But I guess it had to be something that right. Stacey had heard of before to get her to do all this. Yeah. Great. I love it. Then we go back to intact mode. Intact mode. Oh boy. Max goes to talk to his boss because of the Megan and Mitch fight situation. And he comes in and he's like, I want to back up Megan Reed and her accusations against Mitch. He's an asshole. He doesn't support women. And so this is now like, so like this was like not part of everything before, but like suddenly there's like, she actually has said that there's this like, she has like evidence or like history of like him being sexist at work or something. And it's oh, like, she? that's what it's, that was the implication. Is oh, that but like, like, she said there was a pattern of, yeah, that Megan said there was a pattern against or something. Yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, okay. Now this is, this is a more like robust case, I guess, that we have against Mitch right. and the company. Um, but of course, the boss is like Max. These are serious uh, allegations. How? Uh, how do you? What mm-hmm. evidence do you have? <sighs> and Max. Also, Max says he. Disc- I know that he discriminates against female employees. And Max, when Max originally applied for this job, was not an employee. No. For some reason, that was like a stick thorn in my. No, that's true. That's craw. like inaccurate. And I also feel like and- there was probably a better way of going about doing. It. Like, there, not a better way, but like there. I think there was like a way he could have done this and not have to out himself. I think there was right. probably a way. And also, I mean, I know that this show has no like institutional memory or whatever, but like (laughs) I felt like Max was discriminated against when he applied, not just because they thought he was a female, but because he was ambiguous. Like the guy couldn't tell from looking what gender Max was or thought Max was a lesbian or I thought like it was more about like discomfort with a queer person. Yeah, a queer person or a person whose gender is not immediately discernible evidence by <laughs> yeah. their presentation like yeah. it was it was kind of a i mean it was transpho it was more like a, a transphobic decision than a sexist one really sure um but also um in the scene before when the dudes are in the break room he literally yeah. mitch calls her a bitch out loud oh, loudly really? in the break room yes God. so that right there <gasps> i'm here to back yeah. up megan because she's super mm-hmm. qualified for the position and mitch is literally standing five feet outside of this door screaming about how she's a bitch like, that's a lawsuit walking around right there. It is, yeah. That's... I hope Mitch goes downtown for the downs. Anyway. Underground. I hope he joins Angus under the cement and the sidewalk. <laughs> so he says, and he's, yeah. So like you said, that the guy was like, his serious allegations. And Max is like, it happened to me. Um, and then the guy kind of like looks him up and down, which I don't think would be his first next thought. No. But you know what I was thinking about during the scene, besides everything I've already said? which is probably too much that needs to be said for even this scene is like, this is who Daniela C was doing scenes with. 
like everyone else in the cast Ugh, is at this premiere shoot and they're wearing cool outfits and they're having romances and Max like he is not he's working with a, a bunch different, of he's on a different show random white men yeah right male actors and in, this, I, in a different set on a different day like this yeah. is who he had to work with if I had been like I'm an actor I got cast on this show and then all my scenes were like at this office of like cis right. straight white guys I'd be so pissed <laughs> like this is a, and like queer show <laughs> right and before that he was with Brooke who again none of at these the people have any relationships to the rest of the cast yeah and like god that would have just been such a fucking bummer I know Danielle C really got like screwed over <laughs> yeah and did not have a nice time on set Nope, we all know. Yeah. So then we go to the premiere. It's red carpet time. Shane, Helena, and Alice get out of a limo. <laughs> what did I write? That doesn't even. Did you write sense. teenagers and Shane outfits? Oh yeah, that is upsetting. The disaffected teens. First of all, don't worry. I definitely donned this exact outfit and did a photo shoot in my kitchen in 2007. In um, case any of you were worried, don't. <laughs> if you were worried, I did have the white tank top. I did. I don't know what I made a skinny tie out of, but it was probably just that you had a black tie. underwear, black boots, whole photo shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, so if anyone wants to see that, you can just email me directly or DM me and I'll send you some pictures from the photo shoot inspired by, um, I mean, I'm guessing I was high, but also inspired by these sort of disaffected, grungy Shane clone things. Yes. People. That part was very funny and disturbing. Yeah. Shane's upset. Shane is in hell. Shane's like, this is crazy. This sucks. And then just like wants to go inside. And everyone's like, you're looking very Shane today. And Alice is like, what the Uh fuck does that mean? Yeah. And Alice tries to get her picture taken. She's like, I'm Alice from the chart. Which honestly, the thing is that like people in who are waiting there at the red carpet would not necessarily know that Alice and Helena aren't important. No, they were dressed up. You're working a red carpet. They're really You have no idea. They just got out of a limo. Is that a... (laughs) Is that a publicist or is that an actor? Like, and then their publicist rushes over. And it's like, this is, this is blah, 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 If they, oh man, if they were smart, like they would have been like, okay, Helena, <laughs> you are pretending you're a famous actress that yeah. everyone should know. And it's their fault yeah. that they don't. And Alice, you're uh-huh. the overeager publicist manager type uh-huh. that's with her. Yes. And you guys just like go do a total onslaught of the carpet. That would have been mm-hmm. really brilliant. They did not plan that out. Um, they didn't. No planning. No planning. Stacey that. Merkin's there. Stacey Merkin's there and screams at Shane as Shane is led inside. And Shane hilariously is like, are you the vagina wig? (laughs) Um, So then we go to Debbie and Lindsay at their romantic weekend getaway. Are they just at her apartment or did they actually go to Solvang to the house that she got? It looks like. I assumed it was a hotel. Yeah, I thought that they were like on the vacation that she was supposed to be on with Stacey. I guess the uh, other option is that Lindsay's really bad at decorating her house. No, because when she calls... Because it looks like a hotel. Because when she calls her, she's like, I have this, like, hotel room or Romantic, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, like, I was going to go on this nice weekend, and it would be a shame for it to go to oh, waste right. kind of things. So I think yeah. that they're, like, insolving. Um, they've got the everything they need for romance. They've wine. Got candles. Candles. They have wine and big glasses. Um, probably some nice music. Maybe. And, uh... There's a sexual energy in the air between these two. There sure is. They make out and start to hook up. And then Lindsay's like, I can't. I feel bad about cheating on Stacy. 
And yeah. during this and whole bit, they keep like framing the door in the shot in this yeah, way that yeah. feels like foreshadowing. Like you're like waiting for Stacy to kick the door open. Like, you know, yeah. she's coming. And, mm-hmm. and to the show's credit, probably to Angela Robinson's credit, you think it's going to happen and then mm-hmm. it doesn't. And so you assume that she's not going to show up, but mm-hmm. the scene continues and Jenny's like, look, I need to tell you something. Um, mm-hmm. I've been lying to you. And she starts to try to tell Lindsay yeah. what she's been doing. And then Stacey Merkin storms in. And she's like, she Schechter. And Jenny's like, yeah. hello, Merkin. Lunatic. Which is very yeah. Funny. Also, Jenny looks so pretty in this scene. I feel like it is like maybe also the lighting. But she looks so beautiful. Good lighting. She looks beautiful. And honestly, like, I know this is like, oh, my God, psychopath Jenny. But I think if you're actually paying close attention to this scene, like, Jenny is knows that what she did was fucked up knows that it was like pathological knows that like the way she explains it she's not and i she's not trying to cover anything up she's being completely honest about what she did and why she did it which at that point she doesn't really have to do but like she is like yeah like i um i did a terrible thing and i fucked up and i feel like she clearly feels terrible about it right and she says like she wanted to prove that Lindsay wasn't a saint and then she's like but you are a saint Which is um, like, if you take out all of the pathological parts of it, yeah. is like kind of like heartbreaking and and Emmy for Mia. I mean, she like somehow lands all of this. Yeah, she despite does. how wild and it is. I came away from it feeling first of all, Stacy is portrayed as a shitty person, so we don't yeah. feel a lot of sympathy for her anyway. But we I came not. away from it feeling like Jenny was going through a lot of shit, and I yeah. had like some empathy for her. Yeah. You know, she even says it wasn't her dog. I know she she comes clean about about mm-hmm. the dog. Oof. Yeah. Uh, there's one funny like, part. I know it's crazy. Oh, she's yeah, like, right. Yeah. So you're not a student. I love it. That's the first thing that Lindsay says after the whole <laughs> thing is exposed. The her first thing yeah. she's able to grasp onto is, "So you're not a student." And then she's like, uh-huh. "Fucking manatees." <laughs> and Jenny goes, "The the manatees are a little bit true because I I did write a story." Yeah, that's great. Um, when basically she's like, "Get out of here, da da da," and I'm like, "You realize that like, if you didn't tell her to leave." She would continue confessing the story. You could get more details out of it. And then you would have an amazing story. I know. To tell your friends. I feel like, like that aren't happens, you curious? I feel like that happens about in this? TV and movies all the time where like someone fucks up and then they have to like explain what they did. And the other yeah. person storms out and never hears the end of it. And I feel like they right. do that probably narratively because the audience already knows and doesn't need to sit through it again. But I also think mm-hmm. that it'd be nice to see that dynamic play out once in a while. And yeah, and just just I, I just think that's so much more realistic. But yeah, that's, that's yeah, I yeah, I would be like and I don't even have to say I would be like because I've been in situations like this where I'd be like, you are going to leave at the end of this conversation. But first, tell me more. Please tell me everything. Tell me, <laughs> yeah. everything. tell me more. Back to roll the dice. Roll the dice premiere. So now it is after the premiere. They're at the party. Shane immediately takes off her tie and says, I need a new haircut and I have to stop wearing ties. <laughs> Um, there comes a life in many masculine of center queer people's lives mm. where they realize they have to stop wearing ties. I've been through it several <laughs> times and sometimes I come back to them, but I've, I've been through it. I've been through the, the roller coaster of ties. Very real. Just thinking about ties. Now. Anyway, Helena liked the movie. Helena liked the movie. She enjoyed the film. She enjoyed the film. Uh, Hugo Bosque, I would like to introduce Shane to Saskia. Who the Why? fuck is that? Why? Is she what? the star of the film? Do we have any idea who this is? We do not. We are given zero information about her. Her name is Saskia. I believe the implication is that she's hot. 
Yes, and Poppy's um, going to fuck her in a few minutes. <laughs> Correct. So mm-hmm. that's why yes. we're introduced to her through Shane, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Ring, ring, ring. Who is it? It's Monet. Just kidding. It's Paige. It's Paige. This phone call could have been a text, but she wanted to hear <laughs> Shane's voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shay had a bad dream. Probably of a monster. Probably. Or it was about the original roll the dice, eat the dice. He was, it was about flashbacks. Dice. It was a dice. Or it was about dream. that movie, the Centipede movie. Oh, I hope that he doesn't know anything about that. It's I don't know. Young. His parents are pretty wacky. That's true. He woke up from a bad dream. And so Paige calls Shane. So Shane can talk to him. And she, Shane is like, do you want me to come pick you up? And Shane's like, no, I would like to go back to sleep. And so I'm like, why did this phone call have to happen? But yeah, it's fine. I don't have kids i'm sure if i had kids i would be like it's imperative that this phone call happens and i would understand it better but anyway i think it's really just because Paige wanted to say hi to shane duh yeah then we go to the dinner date so bet and jody are on a date in the (laughs) grand tradition of lesbian first dates they're talking about their exes (laughs) yep exactly i wrote the same exact thing yep rehashing the relationship through it um love that and that uh, mentions that she has a small little wee child. A baby. A baby. Baby Angelica. Baby Angelica. And guess what? Jody really doesn't like. She doesn't like kids. She doesn't like them. She, does, she doesn't like them. Uh, she doesn't like them. She thinks they, ta- they need too much attention and they're a hassle. Um, it's, you know what? You can't say Jody is not very direct and to the point. Um, uh-huh. I feel like there was probably a way she could have said it with a bit more, I don't know, nuance. You know, that's fine. That's her choice. And she's it a is. very strong pro-choice opinionated person, but also she mm-hmm. just had sex with that and probably wants to continue doing that. So I don't know, maybe just like phrase it a little different. Yeah. Pretend like you like kids and then it'll come out later and then you'll have a big fight. And then you'll even, you don't up. have to lie. Just, just don't call them a hassle. That's mean. Yeah. You don't have to say, I don't yeah. like kids. You'd be like, I'm not like. I'm not a person who's going to have kids, but like that's, that, mm-hmm. I love, that's great that you have kids. You've seen, I love it love for them. you. I love that journey yeah. for you and love it. Yeah. Mm. And so Bet is like, check please. Yeah. It, like literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we go back to the roll the dice premiere after party where Tasha mm-hmm. and Alice are having like a very cute scene. This is like a very, a pretty iconic like scene. I feel mm-hmm. like, like them like leaning against that like balcony ledge and yeah. like flirting and being cute i feel like i i that visual has stuck with me for a really yeah time. for sure um we find out that tasha um realized she was gay or came out at cal state long beach and obviously then went directly to the palms where she obviously. met poppy they hooked up it was terrible <laughs> um because poppy's not her type she said that they <laughs> had no chemistry but they became best friends and that poppy is a really wonderful loyal friend um, and then Tasha tells Alice that she likes girls who are girls. It's fine. I don't feel like that line aged well, but it's fine because it's no. a really cute scene. And then Alice starts yeah. to like turn on the Alice charm and she's like, So you like girly girls, huh? <laughs> yeah. You like my dress? Are you fucking with me? <laughs> it's pretty, right? It's pink, feminine. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, thought you liked it. So cute. I, I just like, oh, it's so cute. So cute. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then we sort of go to another part of the theater. And as we cut to it, there is one line that we hear. We're not sure where it's coming from. 
or what it's in reference to. But the line is, You were touching my right nipple. And I, <gasps> I did not catch that. Oh my you God. did it? <laughs> no, I don't know how I didn't. But I didn't. I... It was even, it was captioned. I was like, what? No, I had the captions on too. I probably was looking down, writing my notes yeah. on my laptop. So that's never followed up on. We I never know what to happens know. to the left nipple, for example. Do we know who, we don't know who said that line? I think it was supposed to be Catherine's um, man friend. Male companion. Who has, for some reason, merged with Guy's Baltar in my head. Oh my Maybe God. Because they're in a theater. That works. And he has longish hair. Yeah, I, I, he has a, the same kind of energy. Yeah. Um... I wrote Helena meets Catherine Rothberg and a male companion. They both want to fuck Shane. They talk about how they are all British. They invite her to play poker. Mm -hmm. And I was probably really busy taking those really detailed, <laughs> exhaustive notes. And that's when I missed the nipple line. We learned that they bet on everything. And also that Miles is an idiot because he didn't think Shane was gay. Yeah, what a dummy. Come on. Even her idiot. like... Idiot. Estranged family knew she was gay from her fucking yeah. photograph. Yeah, mom knew. Stepmom knew. Yeah, she knew. Before she left her kid on the porch. Not the best making decision. Beck gets home mm -hmm. uh, from her disastrous date with Jody. Angus is there. He's like, how was your date? She's like, it sucked. I love her. Um, and then he tells Bet that he broke it off with Hazel, which, again, implies that they what? had still been, quote, together? or yeah, situationing was, this whole time what was broken off yeah like what were they what was happening how many times did they fuck like i don't think you break off like i think if you're having an affair if you're cheating on someone there's the implication is that it really could end at any moment it's you know right. it's uh, tenuous anyway. at best um yes the, whatever <laughs> so annoying it's like what is Ugh, get Angus out of the show break get, off, get Angus off the of show here. get him out of here it's a very crowded season get him get him gone get him yeah. out yeah you know why we does Angus need interact is, a, is like a white man that's like not right. what we need taking up screen time why does Angus interact with more um main cast members this episode than, than Max, does? Max I would want to know does. <laughs> Right, Carol? Carol sat up for that one. She agrees with me. Carol was like, yes, now we are talking about the issues. <laughs> so then we have this sort of like dissolving montage, montage where everyone's looking pensive. Um, Jody's is the funniest. Jody's is the funniest. Um, in her car, like, damn it. She also appears to drive like one of those like big like vans. Yeah. Which is perfect. It's perfect yeah. for her. It's, uh, I mean, how else is she going to haul around all the large right. metal for her sculptures? Yeah, that's what her art is. It's just big objects placed on top of each other. Exactly. Sort of like nature. For sculptures. So she's similar to God, yeah. Exactly. Shane's um, restless. That's disappointed. Jenny's sad. And then Helena and Poppy go into the theater where there's a big poker game set up. I think this is, was this the same theater they were in before? Yeah, like I think it was Bloom, where the, that was also in Battlestar. Yeah, I think this was where the screening was and they like had them clear it out and then set up the poker thing afterwards. No, I mean the one that the theater they were in in season two. Oh, fuck. When I don't remember. Shane goes to see Veronica Bloom, like Cameron Mannheim on the stage and she's Shoot. in her suit with her little I don't hat. remember. It probably was. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. 
I bet they filmed the flashback where Bette fingers Alice at the opera in those seats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was something I thought about earlier during the scene too, is that like Phyllis, when Bette was telling Phyllis, like you can have great sex with someone. It doesn't mean a relationship has to happen. <laughs> like she could be like, for example, I too had great sex with Alice, but as you may notice, we are not, we are together. not, we are not so, together. Yeah. Um, so just get in line. Yeah. Join the crowd. So, Helena sits down at the table. She's going to play poker. And also the Saskia woman we saw earlier sits at the table. And some man asks Helena to sign something. And she does not read it first. And I really hate when people on TV shows are presented with something that is clearly a legally binding document. And they don't read it first. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, as I said earlier, I am not a lawyer. But I do know (laughs) that you should read something before you sign it. Um, And then Helena's like, Poppy, why aren't you playing? And she's like, oh, I left out like one little rule of poker which is that the house always wins anyway have fun right. buddy bye um and then we see all these like intercut moments with like the poker game and then shane the lady is playing yes and shane has left the party uh and she's at Paige's house and Paige invites her in for meatloaf and it's kind of cute um mm-hmm. Paige also looks beautiful beautiful radiant again incredible the light it's great lighting this episode mm-hmm. everyone looks everyone's skin looked flawless radiant uh, yeah. yes um and then Alice and Tasha walk up to her apartment and find Phyllis sitting on the front step. She's like, I told Leonard I want a divorce and now we can be together. And I'm so excited. And Tasha's like, oh, bye. This is too much drama. Yeah. She's like, I don't um, do drama. Bye. Like, Peace. Because uh, this is bad. Yeah. No. If you've just met a cute person and then you walk them to their front door and this is what you find, uh-huh. you got to go. You got to go immediately. Yeah. You got to go. You got to check Run. out. You got to check out of there. Gotta but I feel bad for Alice. I know. Although she should so. have broken up with her again. Well, you know, some lesbians just have to break up with them twice. It's true. Um, um, my note on this montage is I miss people. Oh, I know. I miss leaving my house and being with friends. Yeah. Also, like all the different ranges of emotions you can have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The different things you can look at wistfully. Like yeah, a sunset nice. or a wall. Meatloaf. Meatloaf. Uh, mm-hmm. Poppy. We see a moment of Poppy hooking up with Saskia. Yeah. Um, whoever, again, that is. Uh, and then Jody shows up on Bet's front doorstep and apologizes and wants to try again. And Bet invites her in, which is great. Everyone's being mature there. I appreciate uh, the growth that Bet has gone through, clearly. Yeah. And then... Our little buddy Helena Peabody thinks she has a hot hand, loses. It's not as hot a hand as Miss Catherine Rothberg has over on her end of the tabla. Of the tabla. She loses real big because what she didn't read in the aforementioned document was that mm-hmm. she is out $50,000. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, also we should say Catherine Rothberg is played by Sandrine Holt. Oh, yes. I Ooh. forgot to even talk about this. Yeah, who is great. And yes. I think she has played, she played um a lesbian or bisexual, I can't remember, a queer woman character in, I'm going to say like the returning or something. It's about like children, like missing people who like showed up again in a town. It was like based on a Danish show. Um, and I feel like she's played gay in something else too. But the thing I remember her from the most is uh, House of Cards. Mm, yeah House in of like cards the first also. season of house of cards she had like a pretty big mm-hmm. role and all of her scenes were with 
Robin Wright. So, you know, those are the scenes yeah. that I paid the most attention to. Correct. Um, so I was really, I was response. like, why does this woman look familiar? And it's because she's Catherine Hopper. Yeah. So, yeah, Helena loses $50,000. And she's like, I know Whoops. that you might have heard. My name is Helena Peabody, so you might think I have access to the Peabody Foundation, but I've kind of been cut off and nobody has told me that I could just sell my boots and pay my rent, apparently. Um, and then Catherine, that devious bitch, I Ooh. know, I had lunch with your mother two weeks ago in Monaco. <laughs> but don't worry, Helena, there is more than one way to pay off a debt. Ooh. Is there? Um, I think paying it off is the way to pay off a debt. But I guess there's way to, different ways to do that. I, I guess we'll find out what those are next week. I wonder what they are. I don't know. I can't wait to find out. Maybe though. it's a dance. Maybe she has a dance. Maybe she has to compete in a dance competition reality show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's how she's going to pay it off. Um, that's the episode. That's the episode. So what did we think? Uh, did uh, we? I know that this is an episode we both like. We've discussed this. In the I thought past. you said it was your fave. Is it? I, I guess so. I, I don't think I can say anything is my favorite until we've gone through the whole thing at this point. Correct. Yeah. Um, but this is this has always been one of my favorites for sure. Yeah, it was. Um, it's Drew's favorite, I guess. Mm. Well, Drew has um, taste. So yeah, it's I yeah I I really like this episode. I. I, I mean, aside from Angus continuing to somehow exist. Yeah. But his scenes gave us an opportunity to see Bet being awesome. Right. That's true. So his scenes weren't like with Hazel, at least. Mm -hmm. And his scenes didn't take up too much time, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like the good stuff actually outweighed any of the negatives of this episode, which is uh, yeah. wonderful. And I, think, it, I feel yeah, like the it, hold, it holds up. Yeah. I mean, I think that Poppy Souls of Poker was corny, but it's so corny that it, that it goes past bad and back to good yeah it's, um, it's a useful framing device for the storylines that they're trying to tell and it was mm -hmm. a little on the nose but like no it didn't yeah. really bump it was it was pretty great yeah i did go back and rewatch our rendition of when we me and you and haviland did the like the lesbian the phone tree the, the lesbian phone tree i haven't rewatched it, it in years how was it it, it it's we were so young i mean it's it's <laughs> Like it's edited really well. You edited it. I didn't know how to edit that stuff because I always edited the vlogs, but I didn't know how to do that. But so you took that one. Um, so it's edited really well. Oh God, but like, you. it's so funny. It's like just the things that we are talking about. It's really funny. But there's also an outtakes video that I haven't watched yet, which I think is longer than the original, which <laughs> does seem like that something that we would have been thrilled by. <laughs> We'd be like, it's so funny that the outtakes are longer yeah. than the actual content. <laughs> yeah, but we probably say hooked up with um, like 40 times over the course of the two minute video. Well, we didn't also, have a thesaurus back then. And also my favorite part of the video is that because we are obviously all in the same room, we are filming it, that I'm drinking wine out of the bottle and then I pass it to you and you're drinking wine straight out of the bottle also. <laughs> and it's like, we're, but we're supposed to be in different rooms. Incredible. And I think that was a really nice comic touch, um, which yeah. is probably incidental in that we just both wanted to drink the bottle of wine. I feel like that was on purpose. My, oh, yeah? I don't have a specific memory of that happening, right. but it mm. feels like something like no, like when I listen to old <laughs> podcast episodes and I know yeah. what I'm going to say next, mm. that to me is a very Carly gag, like a Carly visual mm. gag. And I feel like it was yeah. probably on purpose. That sounds like something okay. I'd be like, you know, be funny, Reese, is if we like pass the wine, <laughs> but we act like we're in different places. That's my impression of myself 10 years ago. <laughs> uh, More than 10 years ago. Years ago. 13 years ago. 
12, 12 years 12 years ago 12 ish somewhere in the 12 yeah. to 13 year anyway range. i'll link you to the video if you want to see um what we were like Havlin's hair looked great that's right my hair did not look great my hair might have been flat ironed it was definitely flat ironed <laughs> my hair looked terrible and my hair I probably did. looked like shane's <laughs> which is why yeah. i'm allowed to make fun of shane's hair because i had the same hair because exactly. i was trying to look like shane all the time it's lovely like it so anyway we liked it love it i uh, still love it good episode yeah so we enjoyed this episode and we hope you did too cool thank you all for listening yeah. for continuing to listen as we slowly lose our minds over these quarantined l-word episodes you can find us on twitter the show is to ellen back the website is autostraddle i'm carly tron reese's auto win we've mm -hmm. also got an email address to ellen at gmail.com we have a hotline 971-217-6130 we've got to ellen back merch available at store.autostraddle.com next week i so i did a little thing you can see it in our stories on instagram i did like a little ama um, oh yeah that was so fundraiser. cute that was so cute thanks so if you you guys could watch that but also i did say in that that if um you donated and wanted me to read your name want us to read your name on the podcast that we would and um nicole Fun. has assembled those for me and so next week we oh. will say the names although most of you did not tell us your names so so we have like three names and we're gonna fine. say them next week yeah and we're gonna okay. say them really slowly okay that I sounds fine i haven't looked at the sheet yet but i forgot to do it this so we're gonna do it at the top of the hour next time um for episode um 4007 bless your heart for thinking we only talk for an hour um <laughs> Yeah, we're in, we did a tight 138 here. Yeah, we are crushing Sorry, it. Um, yeah. Our theme song is by B. Steadwell. Our logo is by Kara Sykes. And this podcast is produced and edited by Lauren Karen Klein. L words? L words. I've lost track of what I've already said. Mm -hmm. Last week, I apparently said lesbians. Yeah, that was weak. Yeah. Or, was really weak. conversely, was it great? <laughs> It might have been the best I'll work. It's hard to know said. sometimes. It's hard to know it's something that's weak or great. So, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. One, two, three. Laundry. <laughs> I'm doing laundry. I, oh, fuck. I'm doing I laundry. I need to do laundry. And so it's like on my to do list and I saw it written down. And you said L'Oreal, I believe I heard. I did. Yeah, it's a brand right. name. They brand make name. Um, makeup. Yes, so if do. you want to put makeup on your face so that you can look at yourself in Zoom. Um, that's a brand that you could buy. Now we are not sponsored by them, but if they wanted to sponsor us, that would be we're fine open too. To it. We are open to almost any sponsor. So just yeah, if anyone has a contact with the Olive Garden, also it's your lesson duty to let us know. Absolutely. Um, thank you so much. Thank I'm you. Really excited to pee. Listening. Yes. Um, I would like to stop recording so I can pee. Um, <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Talking, laughing, moving, fisting, fighting, fucking, crying, drinking, squirting, judging, ranting, camping, riding, thinking, scheming. This is the way, it's the way that we